Welcome everybody to Total R&B. Uh, today I have a special guest that I'm excited to talk to about all things R&B. Um, she's actually a 2020 Juno Award winner for Vocal Jazz Album of the Year, which is a big deal. We're going to talk about that too. Um, in 2019, she was actually uh, as the gala winner, the Felix Prize winner for Best Jazz Album. And twice her album has been shortlisted for the Polaris Music Prize, another big deal. Um, in 2019, uh, she was named among the 19 best Canadian albums by CBC. And also her latest album, Three Little Words, was the number one selling album in Quebec when it dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Dominique, Fizz, and May, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, congratulations on all of these, like, monumental, like, <laughs> awards and everything. Uh, this is, like, I, I loved reading all of the stuff about you. So uh, thank you. Also, you just had a birthday, so happy belated birthday as well. <laughs> Thanks. Yay. Yeah, I was uh, sick in bed with a fever, so it was not my best one yet. Oh. But it's a, I'm thinking it's a rain check. No, but we're all doing rain checks, to be honest, because of COVID and everything. So yeah. honestly, you can celebrate your birthday whenever you want at this Exactly. Point. Life is a rain check right now. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm still the same age from when I was in like 2020 because I haven't gotten to celebrate like I wanted to. So yeah, I didn't. I'm staying at that one age and then That's we it. start to open up and we can all come together. <laughs> then I'll, I'll age myself. Yeah, I'll do the same. Good plan. Definitely. So I want to know, because this is an R&B podcast, and I want to get to know like how you got into the industry and everything, but I want to take it back to the beginning. Like, What is your first memory of R&B or even jazz music? Do you remember? I do remember many albums. You know, there's some albums when you're young, you just listen to them over and over. Like, You just can't get enough. I used to take some albums because my sister had a crazy library of so many CDs back then. And I would basically just take one at a time so she wouldn't notice and listen to them on repeat. Like if I didn't like it, I would bring it back and then, you know, but some would stay for days. Some would stay for just one day. Uh, I recall B.B. King very well, an album that had like blue and green on it. I think it's called uh, Let the Good Times Roll. And there were a few songs in there that really stuck with me that I was just amazed by his voice and the guitar. Uh, so I knew that I liked B.B. King. Then there was like a few others that like Etta James, um, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Arita Franklin, The Supremes, like very like the classics. Like she had a lot of good like classic jazz and soul music. And then I recall going to buy my first albums and getting, and you you were able to try them, like listen to it a little, or sometimes you had one song on the radio that you liked, so you got the album. And Lauren Hill, Miss Education, still today is just that album. I mean, wow, is still today, could come out today and we would love it and it would be on the charts again. So there's something really timeless about it. And um, Velvet Rope by Janet Jackson, was also a concept album that really stuck with me. And there was even a hidden track at the very, very end. So when you think you've heard it all over and over, and then one night I was falling asleep and the the album was over and I didn't get to put repeat on the last song and there's just silence. And then I hear a new song come on. My exciting? <laughs> ah, my mind was blown. Cause I it was like, I know the whole album by heart and then bam, a new song for you that, I just loved her for that. So I think those were the ones that really stuck with me. But then there was so many, um, so many, uh, n- no more drama, uh, no more pain. Um, yeah. Mary J, uh, all these queens like Erika Badu, uh, the mixes of sounds and genres and the collaborations and her voice being so unique and, and loving that we know exactly like right away you hear two notes and you know it's her and there's just no other like her so it's a it's a big statement about allowing yourself to have a voice that's different and that really uh, impacted me as well so i think those would be the ones 
I see that Sorry. the names that you you mentioned mm-hmm. and the albums you drop, I see that how that can have an influence because your music mm-hmm. also is making an impact. It's really, you know, speaking about the black experience, our music and mm-hmm. everything. So I really see that. And also shout out to older siblings because mm-hmm. I feel like when you have an older sister or brother, like you get put on to like good music really, really yeah. good. Fact, fact. Thank you, sister. <laughs> she really fed my soul with her music for sure. And she had just so many, it was insane. No, but that's good. She has good taste to have like BB yeah. stuff. That's and she had everything. And she was actually studying classical music. So I would also go to her, like she was playing piano. So I would go see her recitals. So I would, I was also learning about Beethoven, Mozart and all that jazz. But then there was French music that I listened to a little bit less, but there was a lot of good soul, R&B, jazz, um, even hip hop. And then from then I got to search myself, you know, and get into rap and different types of music and even like random, like um, system of a down or, you know, like things that were really left field completely. But I felt like because she had so many different styles of music, it just made me curious about everything. So thank you so much. (laughs) Shout out to her. And definitely, I totally agree. Because even like for me, I have an older sister. She loves hip hop. So Mm -hmm. R&B. So I was singing songs I shouldn't have been singing as a kid. (laughs) R&B was a little little much sometimes. Mm -hmm. I knew Wu-Tang as a child, like a little girl. Loved them so definitely, and then as I got older, because of the schools that I was in and the different cultures I was surrounded by, like mm. I did get into like different types of music, whether it was like Alanis Morissette and Linkin mm. Park and different things, and then I did ballet too. So there was all the nice. classical music as well, and I feel like I'm happy that it shaped me, and I'm mm. able to listen to like a range of music, like even house and and blues. Yeah. So I think that is super cool. And when you discovered this music, like taking her CDs and stuff, did you know then that you wanted to sing? I always liked singing. I have like strong memories. Well, in church, you sing. That's one thing for sure. And there's something really powerful about singing with everyone, you know, all those voices around you and being lost in it. So it doesn't matter if you're on key or not. It's just about the moment and hearing. It's very powerful, you know, all these vibrations around uh, but I recall with my cousin, um, we would often like when we would walk to the park, there were or there was like a, a Whitney Houston cassette that she had, and we would know exactly how many seconds we had to rewind to get back to the beginning of the song. And we didn't speak English, but we were just mouthing the sounds, you know, yeah. and we would just sing over and over and never get sick of it. So I knew singing was something that I loved, but in my mind it was something everyone loved. And that everyone did, and it was, it was something that would be a hobby. It was not something that you would see as an option for a job, because I feel like society often makes us feel like it's not realistic, yeah. and that you're either Beyonce or you're broke on the streets. Like there's no world in between, and the odds of being Beyonce is one in the millions of millions, because there's one in millions and millions. But they don't underline enough the fact that if you work on being yourself and creating music that is authentic to you, you have one chance on one to make good music because it'll be you. And it's just, you know, it's easier than we think. It's a long road, but it's not impossible. It's absolutely doable. And you don't have to be a millionaire to live from music. So to me, it was just an impossible notion. And I'm really happy that growing up, I realized that it was not that crazy to want to do what you love really and that if it's a hobby it can be a job too and what is that moment where you realize like okay I have something here like I am talented I can make I can make this a career like do you remember that moment when you went you decided to go for it I had a pretty unusual path right because I was working um I was, you know, for the the man, like corporate uh, nine to five, which was not nine to five. It's more like 7 a.m. to like 9 p.m. because that's the world we live in. And more hours, overtime. Always, always more. Weekends, what what is a weekend? So I was very much into that and I literally burnt out. And during that time, I dabbled into music and I used it a lot as a healing 
um, as a form of therapy for myself, not only listening, but starting to create more. And that's when I realized how much I loved it and how much it, how, how much good it did to me. So I was thinking if it does good to me, it can do the same to others. And it's not about it being the most popular, but rather this is the mission that I feel I have. And this is the best tool to share my message. So one life might as well try, go for it. Like it's never too late. And I think that's the, the biggest leap of faith I had to take. But then later on, I realized it was the easiest path, really. It sounded crazy, but yet it made the most sense based on who I was and the, the things that always attracted me. I was always attracted towards arts, but I was not believing that it was possible. So I think through healing myself, I realized that it was a good path for me. And doing the, I did the, the show The Voice Mm-hmm. And and I saw more of the behind the scenes and the you know the industry world world that's behind it, and I realized that it's just another business like any other, and then that side can be left to the business people, and I can enjoy the core of the art and just see where it goes. So I think it was around that time seeing that there was actual interest from other people to hear me sing. And that some people connected with what I had to share that made me feel like I was in the right place. No, I love that because I I think too, like I'm happy you discovered that early on because I feel like a lot of people discovered it this past year being on lockdown. Mm, Yeah. Like a lot of us were like, okay, I need a vacation. I need a break. I need a break. We didn't know it was going to be for this long, but I think people Mm. got to realize like, whoa, like the what I'm doing now is really burning me out. I'm not happy. A lot of people unfortunately complain about the work that yeah. they're doing, not doing something they love. And music this year, I think helped a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. music helped me and really made me realize I love R&B music. So why not start a podcast and, you know, try it out because I love talking about music and I love learning about people nice. that they make. So I'm happy that you discovered this early and it's so true that it the music just heals people. So I'm really happy that you went forth with it. You healed yourself, which mm-hmm. is really important. And then now mm-hmm. you're healing the world. So that's I love that you just started. I thought it was something you had from before. So it's the pandemic that like allowed you to like try it out basically. Yeah, I'm a behind the scenes girl. So that's so cool. Thing I do is behind the scenes, like even like my partner, like he's the one that's out in the front. And even when there's camera people, I'm like, hey, so don't take pictures of me. Don't get <laughs> classic. Yeah. I always do that. So it's only like starting in October, like I started speaking on the radio. Um nice. this. But yeah, it took a pandemic for me and a lot of people to figure out what you fortunately figured out like years before. So I think that is great. And I think a lot of people can learn from that too. Honestly, I felt like that burnout was the best thing that happened to me, although it felt like the worst one at the time. And there was, there were quite a few times where people in the last few, in the last year, the way they were telling me how they felt I was really thinking like, it's like the whole world is going through a burnout. Like there were so many similarities and uh, questionings and, you know, new paths being taken. And I think it's essential and it, it will lead to something positive in the end for sure. Oh, definitely. I yeah. fully, fully believe that. Um, and then being an artist too, because you did speak about, you know, people think it's one way or the other. It's either you're Beyonce, you're a big star, you're, you're a billionaire, whatever, or you're like struggling, trying to make it for your whole entire career, which is not true as we could mm-hmm. see. But um, a lot of times for artists, it's hard because they don't receive the support from family and friends or even like business owners. It's really hard mm-hmm. to receive that support. So was your family and the people around you, were they supportive when you started doing this as a career? There were a lot of uh, like, where did that come from vibe? You know, of people like, because I always painted. So 
people like even my mom she was like I always thought that if you were ever an artist you would be a visual artist I never she was like where is music coming from like I and it was something I kind of hid you know like that's why one of my dreams is that it were it was normal for people to walk in the streets and sing and dance because so many times you're listening to a song you just want to sing out loud like on top of your lungs but you're like oh you know people might hear me but it's why not why can't we just you know so at first it was a bit of skepticism from people around but then they saw how genuine the the connection i had with music was and how important it was to me and they saw that i was not it was not one of those things that i was in it for six months and then i was questioning because i had a lot of that in my past where i've always been interested by everything so one day i want to be a photographer and then the next i want to be a public relationist like i was so many things so good because now you're discovering yourself more and now you know what you like what you don't like so exactly people think look at it in a bad way but i think it's good i always tell people try different things so i think 100 percent. and not only that you get to learn from different fields and all these things are building blocks that remain with you so it's not like you went one road and then canceled and start from scratch. Every time it's building on top and it's creating the person that you are. And the that's what makes you unique by the combining so many different things, you know? So I felt like I thought I was lost for a minute, but then I realized I was just getting all the tools from different places so that I would be really comfortable in music and I would know what I'm talking about. Like the reason I'm making music, what is my message? And that message came from all the different roads that I took where I got different information. It took a minute to have the support, but then when the support came, it was there to stay. And I feel like I was really lucky to find the right team very quickly. Like there were a few trials and errors with people who we were not on the same wavelength, who were more of the, you know, like concrete world, like, um, we need to make money. Like they had all these stresses. Like we have, it has to be popular. It has to be, uh, to be able to be on the radio and all these things that I don't believe in. And then finding my, my tribe and people who were really down with, Hey, if it's not going to be on the radio, it's fine. As long as it feels authentic to you and that you feel like you're being honest with your message and your art. And that's just, that's the dream. I feel like this is what every artist should have mm-hmm. in order to thrive and to create, you know, their to their full potential or at least the best of their abilities with what they have at that moment. So the surroundings matter the most and a team can be one person. You just need one good person to be healthy and supportive to go a long way. And you building your team, did you um, find your team before you did the voice or was did that happen after? It happened after. So I did the voice and then that's when I decided, okay, this can be a job. Um, this is fun. And this is also feeling like I'm accomplishing my mission. So I'm going to get the train going on my own. So I did my first EP alone. I remember doing it. And even when I was in the studio uh, before, like I would meditate a little and I was telling the universe, please, this be my business card made bring me the team that I need to continue because I know I can't do this alone because even doing an EP I think people underestimate how much work and money and resources and connections so you do it you don't even know what you're doing really you don't know you don't even know that you need a publicist you don't even know that you need a distribution house you you're not supposed to know because that's not your job really so you discover all these things and all these places you have to write down your name to have your rights and it's very complex uh, reality for an artist on their own so doing it once allowed me to learn a little bit about it but especially to understand the value of a team and how badly you need a team quick enough to be able to do things properly and not have so many like wear so many hats at once because that's also what can exhaust you after a while. So I started by the EP and as I was doing the launch uh, of the EP, like the other party, and even have a picture, my now manager came to see me and told me I'm leaving the world that I'm working in because I hate it. Um, He was kind of going through the same thing I did not long before. 
Uh, he's like, I want to follow my gut. I want to follow my passion. And I would like to build a label and be your manager so we can sit down and talk about it. And he was so genuine. He was like, I know nothing about it, but I will learn. And he did. He spent a good year doing nothing but learning. And I recall when I signed with him, because I had kind of a possible opening with a label that was established. And on the other hand, it was him being like, hey, I'm alone. I know nothing, but I'm really good people and I want to learn. And me thinking it will be a funnier story later on that than just the normal route. So let's take the, you know, another leap of faith. And rather than following the business side, I was following the human, you know, connection and just believing in the human aspect of it all. And I remember having a few times where I saw how little he knew, how much more I knew when I know I knew that I knew nothing. So I was like, if I know nothing and I see you know less, like, where am I? But he learned so quickly and he was really passionate. And still today, he's still learning and he's still pushing and working so hard to make this happen. So I feel beyond grateful that I got this team that is not only uh, competent in what they do, but they're just good people. And I feel like this is the most important, the human connection first, you knowing that you, you just, I just want to stay with that team forever. You know, I just don't want to go anywhere and I want to go the whole route with them and for all of us to build and grow united and creating that family felt like the, the safe space I needed to create music properly. But that's cool, though. And I know you said like there was trial and error to get your team, but I like how everything aligned and you kind of just went with your your intuition because you could have mm. been like, man, you don't know anything. I'm trying to get here. <laughs> I'll see you in about a year or two. Come back around. Mm. Maybe. But you took a chance on him. So I think that's really great because you just felt that connection with him. Yeah. A lot of people too need to more so trust their intuition because a lot of times we have that gut feeling, but then we're like, okay, no, let's let's do what's I guess logical or what society will be like. Yeah, good, good. And how many times did we not follow our gut feeling and then like, damn it, I should have, you know? So that's why I think I had enough of that in my life that I was like, okay, that's it. Now I'm just gonna follow my gut because my gut knows more than anything else or anyone else. And just trusting yourself. And worst case, you it's a mistake. But honestly, gut feelings, man, they know a lot. Like, there's a lot there. There's something magical. No, I, I honestly believe that. Like, even my one of my close friends, like, I always tell her, I'm like, you always have a gut feeling and you go against it and then you regret it. Sometimes when she calls me for advice, I'm like, so how, what, what are you feeling? Yeah. And I'm like, well, then that's the answer. You don't need to call me for reassurance. Like, mm-hmm. you know the answer already. You know, yeah, so it's true. Annoyed because I don't like, <laughs> opinion, but I'm like, you're good. Just, you know, follow. Trust yourself. Know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but I love that story. So I think that's great. So shout out to your team, because even with like accomplishments that I read earlier, you've done a lot in a short period of time where a lot of Mm -hmm. artists sometimes don't get to have all these experiences because they don't have the right team behind them. So that's really cool that that aligned with you. And then, you know, you guys are progressing keep leveling up and everything so that's amazing um i do want to talk about the voice which is la voix here in quebec so you did that back in 2015 yeah experience because i never spoke to someone who did like who was on an actual competition show i spoke to people that auditioned Mm. never really made it onto the show so how was that whole experience like it was a very i learned a lot so I went there because I, everyone around had either an opinion or had, you know, like I knew nothing about it. And I've always been curious to try things that scared me. So auditioning process scared me. Stages scared me back then. Like the idea of being on a stage mortified me. Like literally the first time I would do little shows in cabarets with my friend where I would be a back vocalist. So I'm not even up front. And I would puke before going on stage. That's how nervous I was. It was insane. It was it was ridiculous. So I was like, okay, so how will I conquer that fear? I will go up against the biggest one. And at least just auditioning sounded like madness. So I auditioned once. I 
failed miserably in that audition. I even fell asleep before auditioning. So I arrived there like kind of like groggy and like, oh, you're waking me up from my nap. So that was not good. Then they called me back in 15 to invite me to audition. So that's a different process. Because when you get invited, you don't do the lineup. You show up at 10 a.m. You pass at 10, 10. You have a little coffee waiting for you. So people need to know there's like, you know, there's this behind the scene that you don't know about yeah. uh, that gives you more confidence, that makes you feel like you're wanted or that you have more of a chance that if you were just one in a million, like waiting in the waiting room for five hours. You more confidence going in audition? hundred percent. And just not having all that time in the waiting room going, like building the nerves. It goes too quickly. So it's like you arrive, you sing, you're done, whatever. I can stop thinking about it. So being in just the audition was a huge deal for me, like going through it. Then being picked felt crazy. And being picked when I was on the show felt crazier. So from that moment on, it was just me kind of discovering like that there is no limit in a way, that the only limits really are the ones that we impose ourselves through fear and assumption, assuming that you're not good enough, assuming that they don't want you when you don't know, because unless you try, you have no clue. And it is a machine, which is what many people were always saying, but it was a reminder that machines are made with people and that there's people in there working. So although it is a very hard, it felt like a boot camp. Because the schedules are really like, you know, it's long days. It's it's a lot. But you build connections with the people who work there and the other candidates. So I made friends and I realized, okay, so it's not that bad. It, yes, it's a machine, but it's a well-oiled machine that has great people making it work that well. So making friends with the crew kind of made it less scary as well. And more like a little family because you spend so many hours with them. And to be quite frank, I was happy not to win because once you win, you already have your contract set and everything. You know, you're part of that. You're kind of, I mean, your art becomes their property because that's what you sign at the beginning. So I was really happy to have all the experience from it, but then also the freedom to take a break once it was done, choose what I wanted to do, um, allow the team that I dreamed of you know, uh, come to me and me go to them. So it felt like a, a really good stepping stone and a really good boot camp music wise to be under pressure and be less scared of the stage, be test your abilities and test, you know, your limits when it comes to machines that are that big, because it's pretty big, you know. So it was a good experience. It was very tiring. I remember being very tired. Yeah, that's what I, I think. Like when I think about it, when I reflect, because for us, the viewer, we're just like watching it for like an hour, maybe yeah. that's it. And then like sometimes they do those clips where we see you guys rehearsing, but we only mm. show maybe like four or five minutes of it. So everything looks like fun and great or whatever. <laughs> but I think obviously it takes a lot longer to do all these different things. So, yeah, mm. I was going to ask like how stressful or how tiring was that whole I definitely was and you know they show all the fun and cute but like there were tears there was drama there was everything <laughs> like everything you imagine like it happened so everyone and also people being kicked out and not realizing that um it's I saw it often I compare it to like a, a play or like a movie mm -hmm. so you got a part but you just didn't get the lead like if you don't win like the winner is the lead but so if you were in a play and you got casted, you would be happy that you got a role. You wouldn't be upset that you didn't get the lead, you know, but it's because there's this notion of competition that makes no sense when you really think about it because every artist is different. So from the moment that you got to be exposed to the public, you will find some that will connect with you and they will be there later on. Like they might, you know, stray away a little because some of them follow really the show. But at the end of the day, like you're you're everyone's winning like you're just winning different things and to a different level of exposure but it was a lot of um, mental anxiety and a lot of pressure that people felt that if they didn't win they were losers which is no you were you're still a winner and you will always be a winner because it's all in your mind so there was a lot more than what 
meet the eye for sure. See, that's like a lot of gems you drop right there with your whole experience with the voice. Like for a lot of artists that are listening or even people that um, want to follow their dreams, like it's so important to get out of your comfort zone. Like that's first things first, because if not, nothing's going to change. You're just going to stay the same way and challenging yourself and making you change your mindset too. And like you said, the people... Um, that were stressed and didn't want to uh, leave the show because they may feel like losers or that they failed, but it's all perspective. It's all how you think about it. Right. So for you, for sure. even though like you didn't win, you're still winning. <laughs> like you're still doing, winning. you're still winning. You're like literally winning surprises <laughs> <laughs> and everything. Um, but yeah, it's all how you look at it too. And I, I feel like yeah. a lot of times people should kind of maybe if they do those competitive shows, maybe just have a game plan. Um, of course you wanna, like a lot of people would wanna win, but still have that game plan of like upping your connections too with people in yeah. the industry. So yeah, I think you said like a lot in there that would be like super, super helpful to people whether they're in the, the industry or not. Um, but I wanna get into the music. So you released um, three albums. Uh, it's a trilogy. So yeah. how did you come up with this concept to do the, the three albums? So as I was saying, I have the best manager in the world. So when we met, the first thing he told me that really, you know, stayed with me was um, now you're going to have six months to think about what would be your dream project. Like you get to tell me what your next album is going to be. Is it going to be singles? Is it going to be an album? What's, what would you like to do? You know? So I went back to the roots and I started listening to all these albums that I quoted. Like, where did my love of music stem from? So I could dig back into the roots of it all. And I realized very quickly as I was trying to, I was like, oh, but I love blues. Oh, but I also love jazz. Oh, but I also love soul. I love um, R&B I, I had too much love for too many different styles of music and I realized that what made me connect with them and made me love them so much was the emotion in it mm -hmm. so when I started digging deeper I realized that there was a very coherent story behind it all where I saw history really the emotions that humans were going through historically trapped in music it's as if arts are this bubble that will tell you, you have a history books to tell you what history is about, but then you have arts to tell you how did the humans going through this feel and go through this? How did they survive? How did they strive? And I found a connection between the colors, the uh, elements and the, the emotions. So everything I do is always based on the emotion first, but I realized I connected with blues because of the, the heavy, raw um, truth in it, like not being being able to be vulnerable and say like, I am hurting, for example, like that's something that we don't do enough in society or we try to hide. And music has all this room. It's kind of saying like all vibes allowed, like you don't have to be good vibes only, like whatever you're feeling, music's got your back. Yeah. So I saw blues, I saw the link with, everything that was going through uh, when it came to slave songs as well. Um, to me, it was like cr crossing the ocean at night. I really saw it like the dark times of humanity, the importance of silence. So I use silence as one of the instruments for all the things that should have been said that weren't said and all the times someone should have spoke up and didn't or all the times people couldn't. Um, then I saw, so to me, that was nighttime. Then I saw the dawn of um, dawn of hope kind of happened with jazz mm -hmm. so to me that was the red that was the fire that i saw as lava that would burn everything but leave a ground more fertile and people seeking freedom fighting for freedom uniting there's a passion in jazz there's a freedom in the way it's created that is similar similar to the freedom we're seeking in our lives so it's beyond a musical genre, it's a way of life. And that's what I really connected with. I think academia then later on try to tell us what it is based on notes and all that. But to me, it's the core of the essence of seeking freedom and wanting to create freely. So anyone that creates freely is basically making jazz. So that's how I approached that side. 
And then the third one, I saw how as soon as there were few freedoms that were found, there was this wind of change. So to me, that was the wind. It was the sunshine. It was the brightness of soul and all the ramifications of jazz, all the, the blossoming of Black music in all directions. And I mean, excelling in everything, every single musical style that was created stemming from jazz was exceptional from soul to neo soul r&b hip-hop rap uh i mean everything um doo-wop um everyone was just striving at creating something joyful but and sometimes not joyful but just talking about topics that were more general that were more about humanity like a heartbreak uh wanting to go party like that was not the topics were becoming more open. Yep. So I felt like this could not be a story I could tell in one album. So I really wanted to separate them into what I saw, into the colors and the elements that I saw and have the fourth element be us. Really like the fact that I'm the singer and then the most important fifth element being love, being the most present in the last album. So that after this whole hit story that I wanted to share, I wanted to leave you know, a note of hope and empathy and leave my personal message since I got at the end of telling a story. Now the story reached contemporary days where I am today and I finally have the chance to share my thoughts. So that's how the trilogy came about. And I can't believe it's done because it felt like it would take forever and now it's already over and I'm like, what? It feels it, like yesterday. Yeah, it went by really fast, but I just want to say, like, I think that it was beautifully done because it kind of takes you on a journey now that all three albums are out. And when you listen to it back to back, it's kind of like a musical history lesson that you're like going through all these different things. So I love it now that everything is complete. Like maybe it might be sad because it's done. But for the listener, the audience, it's like a real treat now to have everything and listen to it like one after the other. So oh, thank you. It, it's super like. It's it's well done. All three albums, I I loved it. Um, I, I do want to ask, um, starting with Nameless, um, that you released in 2018. Um, I like how you start the album and finish the album with two classic songs. So one of them being "Strange Fruit," um, Billie Holiday, and then "Feeling Good" by Nina Simone. Like, what was your reasoning with choosing those two classic songs for that album? I always, especially when it comes to the time of blues and jazz, there was less of a songwriter vibe rather than everyone taking back songs from one another and, you know, exchanging. Um, it happened like they all did it, but at the same time, we still do. And being, to me, it had to start with paying homage and it was kind of my way to pay respects to our ancestors and the reminder that everything that we're building, we're building because someone else built the ground under us that we get to keep going up. You know, when sometimes I heard people saying lately, like, oh, I feel like I won't be around to see the change. I was like, you're actually living the change that they worked for you to see. So we're seeing the change and we're going to contribute to more change, but we can never forget what our ancestors did for us. So to me, that was a very uh, important element to to start on. And the meaning of the songs themselves, I mean, Billie Holiday did not struggle. She wanted us to keep singing this song and I wanted to make sure that I would be one more and I invite every black artist out there who connects with this song to, you know, to sing it and to live it because it's really a song that you you live more than you sing because it's so powerful. and the message behind it and the way it's done is just, it's genius. I mean, it's just, to me, that's genius. And Nina Simone is another big influence. Um, I feel like we have things in common and things that differentiate us a lot when it comes to how strongly she spoke up and the anger that was in her that I completely understand and feel, but that is not in my nature to express the same way. So I felt like I wanted to pay homage to the strength that it takes for a woman to express all these raw and vulnerable and difficult emotions and actually confront the world that we live in. And like, there's a reason 
we were angry. You know, when they see the stereotype of black angry women, it's like, well, maybe there's things to be angry about. Like, and it doesn't mean we're all angry, but we have the right to be because the world is a place that is triggering constantly. So to me, she's a very important figure in everything that she did, everything that she said. And being able to sing a song that she sang, but that was about feeling good, felt like a way to kind of counterbalance and, you know, send her the good vibes that I wish that she always had access to. Um, so those were the songs that I felt should be the parentheses of that period of time for me to build on um, and get my strength from these strong Black women who really inspired me. No, I thought it was super cool that you had those two songs and have it, like you said, encompassing the album at the beginning and the end. So mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. And they're two like powerhouses too, right? So yeah. I love that. And also, I, I know like Billie Holiday, they just had a movie about her. Did you? I did. You did? How is it? I'm scared to watch. It. I didn't watch. No, no, no. No, no, because I felt like I had read enough to kind of, and just listening to her music, you know. You know what I mean? Like you connect. Um, I know the story and they're telling, sorry, they're basically sh sharing how uh, the government harassed her. And I'm like, not surprised. I mean, you know, uh, strong women making change threats, right? So it, I'm not ready. Maybe one day, but I feel like I have her in my heart and she already shared so much with us. So I'd rather listen to what she had to share with us rather than the way people might interpret her life and share it with their goggles. No, that's true. And it, it's all how they interpret it. I feel like I rather learn about a person through their music or the books um, sometimes are a lot better. I feel like when there are biopics that are done, a lot of times they're not done properly. And mm. it just, it really irks me. So that's why I haven't watched it yet. I'm like, I'm really nervous <laughs> to watch it. And I feel you. And she's not there to say yes or no. Yeah. Like if the artist is still alive and said, yes, this is it. Like this already will be different for me. But when they're gone, it's like, I will hang on to what you left us directly and connect with that instead. I feel you. Yeah, no, it's true. And then what I'm learning too is that a lot of Black artists um, from back in the day, unfortunately, it's because of what we, we are taught and a lot of stuff we didn't know. So a lot of times they lost their rights to their music. Um, their estate is being handled by other people who don't either know them that well mm -hmm. or didn't have the their best interest at heart. So a lot of times when you see our like, you know, giants being played out in movies, it's yeah. not always in the best light or they focus on a part, like a bad part or something. So yeah. It's hard. Music. Mm. Um, but I did want to ask um the song Sleepless, um from that there is uh lyrics uh that would that go um I will carry my weight in gold even if you mind it watch me while you still be minding me getting what I want can you explain what that means <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like um striving or black women succeeding sometimes triggers people and it's as if the notion of dimming your light so that others don't feel uncomfortable, that's something that, you know, no, I'm not down with. And that's one of the messages that I wanted to make sure I put somewhere in the album. And it's not even like I need to be in the riches and like I want the gold, but I won't mind the gold, you know, <laughs> but it's not the gold per se. And it's more about the notion of really uh, gathering all your all your riches and all the things that make you rich actually and not apologizing for it and really allowing yourself to strive allowing yourself to to get what you deserve even if it makes people uncomfortable to shine all the way so that it can shine light on the shadows that you know need to be lit and people's external perceptions either their mind or not should not be a factor in are striving in us striving and getting what we want. So it was really a, a visual um, notion that applies to more of a spiritual and psychological uh, aspect of what I feel this world is not necessarily 
helping or like it's not the healthiest right now. Yes. I completely agree. But that song, um, I really enjoy. But there's a lot of songs on the album where I was just like, whoa. Like, <laughs> it, I don't know. I will say it again. I love that you picked up on that, though. Yeah. Because no, it's like a little, yeah. Yeah. I, I, trust me. Love it. Y'all or whoever's listening, <laughs> on a Saturday, you know, when your mom used to clean the house and put on her music, like, definitely listen to these three albums back to back and just take yourself mm. on a journey while you're, you know, getting your house together. There's, like, a lot of gems in the music, as you can tell, as we're getting here in this interview. But, um, yeah, no, I love that. Um, and then moving on to uh, Stay Tuned in 2019, there's a lot of um, touching of the, the civil rights movement. Um, in the music as well. So because we're not taught our history, like in our schools and stuff like that, did you have mm. to do your own research um, to tell these stories for the, for this album? Big time. And that's what I, that's one of the first thing that I said when I started the trilogy, I remember thinking I was not taught my history, but then as I was listening to music, I realized that the artist taught me though. They didn't teach me the moments, but they taught me how they felt. They taught me how to fight. They taught me how to create a revolution. They taught me the most important. So although the books hid like or erased um, a lot of the history, I realized that I knew more than I thought I did. Oh. And then it was about like the historical moments that exact like the precise what happened, you know, but you can tell that Artists, ancestors gave us way more information and it's all in the back of our mind. It's like the universal knowledge that we have access to that is just there that we don't even realize uh, because it's not discussed. And once you start doing it, you realize, okay, I know more. And then you see the events that I didn't know the dates. I didn't know what happened, but it's like your gut feeling tells you like, I feel there was injustice. I feel like people had to fight to get to where we are today. And I feel like we still have to fight to get to a further, better place together. Which is- So I definitely did. Yeah, but it's crazy that we're still fighting. So even though like the inspiration comes from that movement, I mean, it's very much needed today, especially what we saw in 2020. Like it was a lot of craziness that we saw, not only in the States, but right here too in Montreal. Yeah, yeah insane so it's crazy that even though you're going back it's still relevant today this it is um also of course uh three little words the last album from the trilogy um i read somewhere that this title is a play on bob marley's song three little birds is that true yes also yes it's true it's one of those albums i listen to a lot oh. uh you know when we i stole yeah. some albums for my sister no I borrowed what am I saying I borrowed um there was three little birds there was the um, the fact that when you say three little words people know right away what you're talking about so to me that proves how important love is because you don't even have to say the words and people know so sometimes it's kind of ridiculed like oh love like hippie like no love love heals love can strive there's an endless amount of it like why not love like it's there's nothing like ridicule about it at all. So I wanted to give a little shout out to Bob and all the good vibes that he sent us and the sunny side of him. That's something very sunny in his music that I wanted to have as well in the in the album. So it's a little wink for sure. No, I love that. And speaking of Bob Marley, I remember when I used to work in a store and um, I don't know why there wasn't like a new release or anything to play in the store. And we put in Bob Marley. And when I tell you, the customers would be like singing and dancing. Nah. Like it just brings a certain feeling to people, which For I sure. think is beautiful. Like after all these yeah. years, there was only yeah. about maybe three artists that we would play where people mm -hmm. would be like, in the store longer than they needed to because of the music. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's something universal about him too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like everyone knows, everyone loves. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't matter who was in the store. Like either you're old, young, like you knew who he was, you knew his music, you were singing along. Yeah. Like the only other people we had like that was Michael Jackson. Um, mm. Unfortunately, when he passed, like we played a lot of his music. 
Um, so that was another one. Um, and then a bit of Whitney Houston. Mm, yeah. Then you can relate to singing that like as a kid. So that's, those are three artists. Like when we played their music, like people stuck around yeah. no longer. For sure. I would have. Yeah. Just like, jam- <laughs> so I remember too, like even at the, the store, I would have like Whitney Houston Sunday. Nice. I would do all this crazy stuff. So I was like, okay, we're only playing Whitney on Sunday and everybody has to sing along. I love it. <laughs> that sounds like fun place to work at. I do crazy stuff because I'm like, <laughs> bored. So I come up with all these crazy <laughs> ideas. And for some reason, people follow me, but. Because yeah. people are smart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but this album too, it had a lot of sound from, I feel the Motown era. Yeah. That's what I got too. And that's another, I find, um, company that had a lot of feel good music too. Um, Definitely. So was that intentional to have that sound? Definitely. I love, love, love Motown. They really like, they put you in a good mood, but there's also this whole, uh, it's like a powerhouse, you know, there's something about it that is just so powerful. Uh, I love the harmonies, the notion of, the, the backup singers answering and back and forth, this whole interaction, they really created a sound that is unique and that has their, like right away takes you to a certain place. It puts you in a certain mood, like it's undeniable. So that's definitely one of the, um, the styles that I had to put in the third album. Like I knew from the start that we're gonna be, I was excited to get to the third album so I could finally get more into the Motown vibe, you know, cause it's just so good. Have you ever been to uh, the Motown Museum in Detroit? No. No? I can't wait. Have you? Yes. Oh. uh, You probably know him. You know Wayne Tennant? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I met him like years ago because everybody knows my sister, um, uh, Chanda. Okay. So she's my sister, so she knows Wayne. And so we started talking, and he was talking about the Motown Museum. And I literally, like, turned my head and said, like, oh, my God, you went? And he said, you have to go. So I finally went by myself one day because I was in Toronto. And so I took the train to Windsor, and you take a bus to just go underneath the tunnel because it's, like, right there. And I went, and I tell anybody, like, if you have even an inch of love for music, like, definitely make it over there i want to go now i have definitely that's going to be on my list for the next year no definitely do it i know like they're um i don't know if they started it because they're but they're starting to um create like they want to add to it okay nice they want to make it bigger so right now it's like the original house Mm. but once you learn like you said it's a powerhouse once you learn like the real story and you get to see like Barry Gordy's house a little bit oh wow it's it's amazing oh that's so dope but yeah I love that you put that sound in there because Mm -hmm. immediately when I heard like a beat start on one of the songs I immediately went to Motown nice does bring that like happy good feeling yeah I really that's awesome Thank you. Um, another thing you were talking about is uh, how music is healing, and you do have um, the healing song on this album, which I thought mm-hmm. it's it cool. Could you talk about that a little bit and why you decided to put that on the album? I felt like one of the important things after everything that, like when you listen to the three albums, like first there was a struggle and the pain and striving through the pain. Then there was the revolution and getting freedom, um, to me, the healing aspect, it's a form of love. Uh, it's a very important component that we underestimate. <clears throat> like the mental health is not promoted enough. Um, I feel like the Black Panther movement talked about self-care a lot, but that kind of got lost in translation through time. And we don't give enough time and self-care to our community and time to pause, it's as if suddenly everyone feels the um, pressure. And sometimes there is pressure to always be on the forefront, leading the battle. I mean, it's exhausting. You cannot be suffering and going through all the microaggressions and aggressions and as well driving the bus to fix the problems that are not created by us. So it's a lot. 
Um, so the healing song was really uh, a call to that, me wanting to remind people and wanting to create a song that had this, that the intention in it, because music is waves of energy that go through you. And I wanted those waves to be filled with the intention of uh, healing and for people to feel good when they listen to it. And it was pretty crazy because I wrote it before the pandemic and then I sang it during the pandemic, like in the studio. And I remember when I started singing Breathe With Me, I had just been to the George Floyd protest and I started crying because the words had a new meaning, you know, they meant something different. And it was being able to sing those words with my breath felt like luxury like felt like a blessing and just reminding me that others don't it was very um it was very painful but it kind of felt like the music turned on me where it was now the old version of me that was singing to myself you know like the healing that I needed that I thought I was going to bring people like hey girl like you too <laughs> you know you're part of it all self-care self-care how where's your self-care so it definitely, yeah, it brought it back to, to me and full circle. So I felt like if that helped me, I was hoping that it would do the same and have the same impact on other people. No, that's beautiful. And I think it's something um, that is really needed because like you said, um, music is healing, especially like it's it's waves of music. So we, you know, feel that vibe and it changes our mood. It has such a big impact on us. And I think it has more of an impact than we know, than we've discovered. Um, Mm -hmm. When people talk about like having music at like a certain um, BPM and like rates or whatever, the technical- Your heartbeat, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's great because I know you have the healing song. I know uh, Janae Eichel also has one too with uh, the, the bowls that she has. Yeah. So- I hope more artists are putting out music that is healing to us. Cause I feel like we kind of lost that in yeah. a little bit. So I, I'm hoping that it comes back because it was, it was really great to see that that was put onto the album because it's such a time when we really need to heal. Um, a lot of people are starting to realize that they do need to heal a lot of things yeah. that we've been through as kids isn't right. Um. So we're kind of like breaking everything down and trying to. I did want to talk about your videos really quickly because I think they are beautifully done. Thank you. Um, So I want to talk about um, the nameless video. Like, how did you come up with that concept? Do you get to put your input or is it the director that comes up with it? Especially for nameless, I was very lucky. I actually met the artist who does, who works on with paints and like micro, you know, um, and I wanted that. Like I wanted, I felt like since the element was water, um, I've always been into painting myself. So it felt like a nice way to have a little um, wink to the public to share another form of art that I liked. Uh, so it was a team effort. It was definitely a collaborative effort where I was free enough to have my input, but I also wanted to allow people to express themselves. So I gave him an idea of the colors that I was looking forward yeah. uh, to having. I gave him an idea of the elements, like uh, the flower, for example, that he could include um, inside. And then he went, he added this clock that is just so beautiful. So um, it was a, a really fun experience because it was through distance. He was in France and I was in Montreal, but we did it all yeah, through... Uh, and then the girl who did the montage was in France as well. So we all got to work from a distance and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, no, it was beautifully done. Even the headpiece you had on and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank you. I, I absolutely loved it. And um, what about the love takeover video? Because that visually is amazing. <laughs> I think I saw that video before I saw Nameless and I was just like, oh my God. that was fun that was a really fun shoot it was basically made to be a 3d it's like an experience where you can have a visual like a 3d thing and um it's part of an expo that traveled through quebec with other artists that also had uh, 3d videos so it was a way to have something during the pandemic that was kind of interactive um those those glasses and you watch the videos it will have that effect It'll be like you're in the place. 
Oh, wow. So you look around and there's like th- four versions of me around and like different, like always. And you, you know, you get to be like a 3D kind of immersion type of thing. So that's really fun. Uh, it was made by this woman called Marcella, who has a studio called Noisy Head. And she basically had the whole idea, like the concept of creating a show that would be different artists, uh, music videos that would be filmed in 3D and that you would sell to travel Quebec and put at Five Center and other places. So I thought it was a really creative um, uh, initiative, especially in a time of COVID, to think of new media and how to integrate them and have them be like not only music videos, but also um, like another type of experience. So she's also the one who uh, we chose Love uh, Take Over together. And I was telling her, all I want is to have my like two friends like that are queens because they're the queen that I'm talking about. So she created this whole concept and it was a lot of fun as well. I, I love that. So if um, you haven't seen these videos, please go to YouTube, um, look it up, Love Take uh, Love Takeover and also Nameless. They are two well done, beautiful videos. I feel like there should be an award for one of these videos. So thank you. Something needs to happen. No, they're well done, especially in today, because a lot of the videos, it's kind of like the same concept over and over again. Yeah, this is really creative and it really like, I don't know, it it speaks to you. Right. So um, I loved it. So thank you. Someone give these people an award. We actually got one, I think, for Nameless when you said that. (laughs) Just remember, I think there was a prize for like the like clip. uh, like a French competition that they have in Montreal now. So they, they were rewarded. Okay, good. good. <laughs> we'll take more. No problem. It's so well done. I, I just, I don't know. I, I love both videos. Well, well done. Um, and then also to, to round out this album, like what do you want people to take away from the album after listening? From the third one mm-hmm. or the thriller? Uh, I want to... But I guess the most important message to me would be the, they're all pretty much the same, but hope, um, strength, remembering that they're not alone, that other feel the same way they feel and that um, a new world and a new way of communicating that is based on empathy and love will probably go further away, like a longer uh, road. Like I feel like the future needs that more communication, more empathy, people putting themselves um, in situations that allow them to discover what someone else's universe is and what someone else's struggle is and make it their own. So it's not because you're not directly affected by something that is not also your responsibility to learn about it and to see if there's something you can do to help deconstruct the inequities of the world. So this is my my hope and dream for these albums and that it just makes people feel good and helps anyone that needs, you know, good vibes or healing vibes or to feel loved that the album will do that because there's a lot of love in it. No, definitely. I think you were successful with that goal because like I said, it's like a musical history lesson. So I know a lot of people wanted to learn about, you know, what black people go through and different things like that. So listening to our music, like getting to know our culture, you kind of understand us better and understand the struggles that we've been through and the struggles that we're currently going through. Um, And even for just learning about different cultures, like even the indigenous culture, everything, um, it's so much helpful. And I think as we heal, we'll learn that love is, I know it's cliche, but love is the answer. (laughs) Love is the answer. It really is. It's cliche for a reason, because it's just the truth. Oh, that's that's true. But when I was about to say it, I'm just like, this sounds so like. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. It's even this, there's a song. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Okay, so before we wrap up, we're gonna do a little bit of R&B trivia. Woohoo! I will fail. No, no, no. Trust okay. me. Question. Okay. <laughs> I gotta do better, guys. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they're great. Okay, so well, some of them. Okay, I don't know. We'll see. So the first question, this is so easy. So Lauren Hill was once a part of which group? Uh, The Fugees, of course. Yes. Um, 
So the next question is, what Alicia Keys album featured the song, You Don't Know My Name? I don't know name of albums. I don't know. It's probably uh, Falling. Is it the name of the album? No. No. That was her first album. It's from The Diary of Alicia Keys. Oh, it's true. I did know that. Mm, damn it. Um, the next one, where are the members of Voice to Men from? Atlanta? No, I don't know where they're from. Where they're are they from? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I knew their songs, but not their history. Not their history, okay. Because um, no, I didn't speak English when I was younger, right? So all I heard was like their voices, but like I didn't know exactly who they were. I just knew they were awesome. Okay. Maybe I should start Googling stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one should be easy. Hopefully. Oh, um, what do you think? The name of Mariah Carey's first single, her first song. Uh, Mariah Carey, first song. I mean, I know, okay, I will list what I think it could be, Heartbreaker. What, no, it was not the first one. Um, what could it be? Oh, Honey? No. Um, one was the one first one. Okay, 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 okay. Let me be smart about this. Um, I'm trying to think back of like the first albums. I see a cover. I know it was not, that was not the first one because it's gray and she's wearing this short skirt butterfly. But that's not the first album. That's like the second or third. Like skirt or dress. Uh, it's a dress, no? Yeah, but she's always in like a, a dress. It's true, it's true. It's true. But it's Honestly, a black and white I cover. I know what the first album cover looks like, and I'm like a huge Mariah Carey fan. But the first single of hers was Vision of Love. Oh, such a nice song, too. Okay. Damn it. So I will get my Google. <laughs> okay, one more. So the original members of Destiny's Child included which one of these singers? Is it A. Solange, B, Farrah Franklin, C, LaToya Luckett, or D, Michelle Williams? The original. Yes. Tell me the names again. A, Solange Knowles. No, no, no. Franklin, C, LaToya Luckett, or D, Michelle Williams? I think LaToya. Oh, <laughs> one. My honor is saved. Thank you. Because I remember Michelle coming later. Yeah, Michelle came later. Farah came later, but she got kicked out. Yeah. And then mm. Solange's uh, Beyonce. Let's just stay. Yeah. Yes. Nothing to do with Destiny's Child. <laughs> this concludes this episode of Total Art. I want to thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you. Congratulations on everything that you've accomplished so far. Congratulations on the trilogy. Like I said, it is a beautiful work. Really, really love the albums. Thank you. Please tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Come, come. I'm not always there, but you might find me on Instagram once in a while. Uh, sing with me. Am I at the end? And uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz. But mostly Instagram is where I'm at, for sure. And congrats to you for your new show and for being, you know, stepping away from behind the scene and allowing the world to see your beautiful face Thank and you. all your shine. Thank you. And everybody, definitely check out Dominic's albums. You could stream them on all streaming platforms. Definitely head over to YouTube. Check out the videos. You will not be disappointed.